This is a Warminster Community Radio podcast. Welcome to the latest episode of Around Warminster with me, Andrew Robinson. This is WCR's BA12 Radio Burst, covering Warminster and the surrounding villages. This episode is entitled Happy Talk, as I'll be talking to Simon James from the Chat Cafe. As always, we have a summary of this week's news. Remember, if it's worth knowing in Warminster, you'll find it right here. Later in the episode, could you be in the cast for a Sandy Toxic play? But first, the Chat Cafe is hosted at the Athenaeum Centre. Started as we came out of the Covid lockdowns, now an additional evening cafe is being opened. I spoke to Simon James all about it. It's going from strength to strength, isn't it? It is. Um, we've been running over three years now and the number of people using our services continues to increase. Um, we have a social group every Thursday that is so well attended. We've got over 40 people wow. arriving every Thursday at the Athenaeum who want to talk, make friends with others. On Friday, the cancer support and the grief support groups continue to grow, which is lovely. They're much quieter uh, for people who want to some some reflection some mm. compassion some understanding about what they're going through whether it's the loss of, of a job a relationship whatever the, the, the grief looks like um, many local people however have said to us listen we'd love to come but we can't I'm working mm. I, I'm caring for others I'm a busy mother with toddlers I'd love to come out at another time so we applied to um, Warminster Town Council they were fantastic at giving us a grant uh, and we've now opened a Monday evening um, chat cafe at the Athenaeum between 7 and 8.30pm every single Monday. As I say, for anyone who wants to come out and uh, meet uh, some positive, uh, uh, contented and dynamic volunteers over a cup of tea and a, and a biscuit for a good old natter and a catch-up, um, we have a wide spectrum of, of visitors to this group. We had two 18-year-olds in the other week and also a 93-year-old wow. at, the, at the same event. So, you know, it's, um, it is, it's, it's very heartwarming. Um, the, the Athenaeum is warm and welcoming uh, in, in that respect and, and ideal to hold chat cafes. Mm. And just just remind us really of, of what all started it off. The, the premise was was trying to do something to, to counter loneliness. Wasn't it was. It? So we started um, at, during COVID, actually, a number of us sat around a kitchen table and said, what on earth are we going to do coming out of COVID to make Warminster a better place? And we realised that COVID had, had almost become um, a situation where people were lonely. They were isolated. Uh, you know, my parents in Wales... Uh, my elderly parents they couldn't get out I couldn't go and see them mm. so I thought I need to help someone else's parents in the hope that someone will help mine mm. so it was designed to counteract loneliness and isolation and since then it's just grown and grown into more friendship groups and, and the specialist groups dealing with people's difficult times mm. and I think probably although Covid perhaps emphasised and uh, made loneliness more more prominent it, it's it's a problem that 
possibly particularly in rural areas has, has been an issue for some time yes it is most definitely you know at the moment we support people uh, mainly from warminster believe it or not we get visitors from chippenham mm-hmm. from westbury tisbury and hinden the tisbury and hinden crew they travel together every thursday so you know we're getting people from from wide distances wanting to come and and benefit from the czech cafes mm-hmm. and they can only grow they will only continue to grow uh, and it's lovely that the, the Athenaeum is able to to host these, isn't it? It is. You know, I, I'm also a trustee of the of the Athenaeum, and it's wonderful to be able to use that building, not only for theatre. The Athenaeum is a centre for the community, um, and one way of of celebrating that community spirit is by holding chat cafes. Uh, which leads us nicely to another way uh, that the the Athenaeum is helping the community, which is uh, it, it's given the food bank a, a new home, hasn't it? It has. Warminster and District Food Bank, um, that they've now moved to the Athenaeum from Dewey House. Um, they're 14 years old, are our local food bank, fantastic group of people. Um, they moved this last week. Um, all their racking, all their vast tins of food and supplies were moved over. Uh, and they're now part of the Athenaeum, the actual close area of the Athenaeum, which for those that don't know, but might know that the old fire station is directly opposite the old fire station there Um, their hours of opening and the days on which they open haven't changed so they're still open on tuesday wednesday and friday mornings between nine and half past 12 same telephone number so nothing in that respect has changed other than the location okay um so obviously the 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 food bank were were given notice by the, the town council that um uh, they needed to leave quite a long period of notice but to, to for, for this kind of uh, arrangement hopefully to be found um, so uh, I imagine that the Athenaeum are, are very pleased that, that the space is available for the food bank here yes yeah, m- most definitely so that part of the Athenaeum was formerly owned by Wiltshire Council it's where they used to run various supportive groups for vulnerable people uh, years ago um, and now we're really pleased to be able to offer that part of the Athenaeum to the food bank. Um, Jean Colgrave and her merry bunch of volunteers do a fantastic job. We in Warminster are so um, pleased and should be so grateful to have a, a food bank. Um, we live in times where people are having to tighten their belts even further and make mm. choices between paying rent paying the electricity bill, feeding your children. And that's where the food bank comes in. It's it's for those that are in need, in crisis, those are struggling. Jean and the team would love to, to meet people locally who need support. You don't need to be embarrassed about walking through the door. Hold your head high and go in. That's that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're paid by, by a lot of different organisations to provide. Um, and I know that you've, you've got a little bit of interesting history connected I do. to the food bank. Absolutely, courtesy of, of, of our um, brilliant uh, uh, trustee, uh, Andrew Frostick, who provides us with lots of golden nuggets of history. Uh, in Tudor times, uh, food and money was given out to those in need at the manor. And the manor is now where the Athenaeum now stands. 
So we have history repeating itself. Um, hundreds of years later, we have food, support, love, compassion being given out by the food bank and the Czech cafe um, at the Athenaeum. Mm. And it just emphasises what you said earlier about it being... Uh, People think of it as a theatre, which of course it is, but it's much more than a theatre. It is, it? And, and we're determined that that continues. We have some brilliant theatre groups. We've got Ghost, the musical, going on mm. at the moment. But more and more, it's becoming the centre of the community that it ought to Simon James there. Next on Around Warminster, our Newsweek team looks back at seven days of local news. WCR Newsweek. Headline. Vandalism at St John's. Guilty plea from teen thugs. Normal food bank service continues. Redevelopment plans for John Barleycorn. And Civic Centre to host police drop-in. All this and more this week on Newsweek. Vandalism at St John's St John's Church in Warminster was closed to members of the congregation this week following severe vandalism. Last month, the church's graveyard had been attacked by vandals who overturned flowers and ornaments left at the graves. The vandals did similar damage inside the church. It is believed that the perpetrators then returned last Tuesday in order to commit arson. George Tabbott said that Parishioners were incredibly sad that they now have to lock the church outside of service times. He said, Of great concern, evidence of an arson attempt was discovered with charred remains of paper and linen found in close proximity to tinder, dry wooden furniture. On describing that chaos left behind in both the church itself and the graveyard, Mr. Tabbott said, as with the vandalism within the church building, these acts are completely thoughtless and most disrespectful of people's finest resting place. Quite a few families come and visit the graves, and it has been particularly distressing. Wiltshire police are investigating the criminal damage, and a spokesperson said, During the incidents, damage has been caused to curtains and microphones, and flowers and toys thrown around the building, it is also believed altar cloths have been burnt. Anyone with information is urged to call 101. Guilty pleas from teen thugs. Three teenagers who targeted a property and its residents in Fishton de la Mer on three occasions have pleaded guilty to aggravated burglary. They first stole a BMW on the 11th of December. On the 23rd of December, they broke into the garage and stole a hedge trimmer, golf clubs and other items. On the 27th that month, they broke in and carried out an aggravated burglary involving firearms and stole an Audi. The three suspects, aged from 15 to 16 years old, appeared at Salisbury Crown Court on Wednesday last week. They have all been released on bail and are due to be sentenced on Friday the 15th of March. Advice on protecting your home from burglars is available on the Wiltshire Police website. Normal food bank service continues. Despite moving from their current location in Dewey House to the Athenaeum Centre, Warminster and District Food Bank will continue to serve the community and contact details will remain the same. 
Access to the food bank will be via an entrance along the close just off the high street. The food bank is staffed by volunteers and will benefit from moving to a suitable space in a permanent home. Dewey House is to be sold by the town council. Warminster Food Bank manager Jean Colgrave said, We are grateful to the wonderful community of Warminster for the generous support we receive. Opening hours for Warminster and District Food Bank will be Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Fridays 9am to 12.30pm. Redevelopment plans for the John Barleycorn. The former John Barleycorn pub in Weymouth Street is a Grade 2 listed building which has lain empty for the past decade. Some evidence has been found that the basement structure may have been built before the 1830s. Plans to redevelop the building into housing have now been submitted to Wiltshire Council. The application is to demolish part of the building and turn it into nine flats. The plans also include two two-storey townhouses within the existing car park. A decision is due in early March and the deadline for consultation is Friday the 16th of February. Civic Centre to host Police Drop-In. An event next Friday is to be held at Warminster Civic Centre and will enable Warminster residents to meet their neighbourhood policing officers. Residents are encouraged to attend and use the opportunity to raise any concerns that they may have about their community. The drop-in event will run from 2pm to 3pm. Security wristbands for dementia sufferers. A new high-tech scheme to help dementia sufferers if they become lost or disorientated has been launched by Wiltshire Police. The wristbands were first launched by Avon and Somerset Police in 2015. They contain a microchip that can be loaded with identification and residential details, as well as details of next of kin by members of the sufferers' families. A smartphone can scan the bands and the information will be displayed. The wristbands can be obtained from the Wiltshire Bobby Van, Alzheimer's Support and Carer Support Wiltshire for those who are identified as needing them. Wiltshire Council on the buses. A new public transport strategy that will inform the county's bus services up to 2038 has been endorsed by Wiltshire Council. This follows a public consultation and details 13 policies that aim to improve public transport in Wiltshire. Councillor Caroline Thomas, Wiltshire Council Cabinet Member for Transport, said, Since the pandemic, the use of buses has changed considerably, with fewer people commuting during the week and more people using buses for leisure, particularly at the weekends. This new strategy reflects this change and our commitment to increase bus passenger numbers by updating and adapting our bus network. She continued that the public transport strategy will now form the basis of our future bus services as we look to reevaluate the Wiltshire bus network into 2024-25 in full consultation with our communities. A revised bus service improvement plan is now being worked on by the council. This will be submitted to the Department for Transport in the summer. More information about the public transport strategy can be found on the Wiltshire Council website. Illegal fishermen hooked. A 23-year-old man from Trowbridge was caught fishing illegally at Shearwater Lake last July. Damien Bocek appeared before Swindon magistrates on the 30th of January this year. He pleaded guilty to the charge of fishing for freshwater fish or eels without a rod licence and was given a fine totalling £303. 
This fine included costs and a victim's surcharge. The cost of a day licence to fish at Shearwater Lake is just £6. Licences can be obtained from the Environment Agency, who carry out enforcement work all year round. Seeing clearly for 60 years. This year sees the 60th anniversary of Warminster Lions Club collecting donated and no longer needed spectacles. As part of the Lions Recycle for Sight project, these glasses are then provided free to those in poorer countries who need them. A district collection point in Chichester is where the pairs of around 4,000 to 5,000 spectacles are delivered. Richard Owen, Lion member, said, As an international organisation, this process is repeated many times worldwide through many different Lions clubs who aim to serve their local communities and those in less fortunate circumstances. Pay deal row continues at Warminster Hospital. On Wednesday the 14th of February, healthcare workers at six hospitals in Wiltshire, including Warminster, will take strike action to protest the decision not to award them £1,655. That amount was awarded last June to those working on NHS contracts. Those working for Wiltshire Health and Care were not included in the deal. Thomas Simblett, an assistant practitioner at Warminster Hospital, said the staff were left demoralised after a strike in December which had no effect. He said, Wiltshire Health and Care should do the right thing and pay up. Staff feel devalued and don't understand why they've been excluded when other NHS organisations have made the payment. South West Regional Organiser for Unison, Jane Jackson, said, The lump sum would make a huge difference. It would also make financial sense for Wiltshire Health and Care as the extra cash could be just the thing to persuade disillusioned workers not to quit the firm for good. The walkout is being organised by Unison and members voted 95% to back the strike action. Ghost the Musical has been a great success at the Athenaeum Centre. I went to watch the other night. Fantastic. Now attention is turning to the Limelight Players and their forthcoming performance of Silver Lining. Auditions are on the 22nd of February, as Adler Forrester Walker explained. I'm going to admit I hadn't heard of Silver Lining uh, until I had seen it uh, advertised. Um, And you've got auditions this week. Give us a flavour of... Without giving too much away, well, the, I, I, the story. I'm looking at the back of the script, which is quite useful. Um, on a dark and stormy night in the upper day room of the Silver Retirement Home, five elderly women are trading stories of their remarkable, or in some cases unremarkable, lives. With the storm of floods rising and no rescue team in sight, the ladies are faced with the sudden realisation that in order to survive, they are going to have to do what they have done for their entire lives, do it themselves. In other words, it's going to be the great escape, senior citizen style. And this is a comedy written by... Sandy Toxvig. Right. So we all know that it's going to be very, very funny. And these extraordinary yet forgotten women come together on that treacherous night, which is quite appropriate considering the amount of rain. Yes. (laughs) So this retirement home is on the banks of the Thames and it is flooded. And they have been deserted by all the staff... And they get a looter, a burglar tries to come in and rob them of 
you know, as they do in these tragic circumstances, and they deal with him. They unceremoniously throw him out, and then they are rescued by a, sen a, a, a helper that's sent to look after them, and she's mixed race and hates old people. And the old people have not come across many mixed-race helpers before, so there's this very, very funny confrontation between them both. And they end up having changed their points of view completely. Um, it is poignant in places, obviously, because they're going to tell their life stories. Now, when I say elderly ladies, it's much easier to make a young woman look old than an older woman look young. So we're very happy to um, audition anybody, I think, really over the age of 40 for the old ladies. And we are very good with making them look old. Um, the burglar should be anything between 18 and 25, really. It's more appropriate for what he's... He's a young looter. And the um, helper that comes to look after them could be anything between 18 and 45. Um, she's got tremendous personality, wonderful lines. Um, all the ladies have backstories that are quite extraordinary. It's very naughty at times, extremely naughty. And the language is quite strong. Right. So um, people for Warminster, be prepared. It's very funny and it's quite naughty at times. OK. Uh, I didn't know Sally Totswick had written a play. I feel very out of touch. She's written <laughs> several books, very funny books, and I think this is her second or third play. Excellent. And it, was, it had a great success in London. OK. Um, so you've got auditions this week, I think, is Thursday. that right? Thursday. Just Thursday evening. Yeah, that's right. And it's co-directed by myself. Um, I'm actually as experienced and old enough to be in one of those retirement homes. God help them. <laughs> I remember you coming in here and say you weren't directing again, Adela. I did, didn't yeah. I? Well, this is a big year for me. This is my big birthday year, and I thought it would be a way to, you know, really seriously finish. But they didn't 50. have another director, although they have. The, my co-director, she's never done anything um, directed at the Ath before, so I'm sort of there to hold her hand. Okay. But she's actually going to be doing, the, I think, the majority of the work. I'm sorry to say that, Zaya, in case you hadn't realised yeah. and you're listening. <laughs> But yes, it's a co-direction. Um, so if there's people listening who... It's obviously you, you get the theatre regulars, but if there's anybody listening who thinks, oh, that might be something I could have a go at, but they haven't been to an audition before, what can they expect on Thursday if a they walk through the door? A lot of fun and a great atmosphere. And the more people who come along, the better the atmosphere. Uh, absolutely don't worry if you think you're too old or too young. Um, we can deal with that. <laughs> uh, and will they, will they be reading some lines? They what, will. What will they so be what I will be doing do? is I will be doing this on stage. And it, to me, it's very important that um, the older people of Warminster, whose hearing is probably a bit like mine, can hear every word. Mm -hmm. So um, projecting their voices is very important. And I will be practicing that with them to see how far... I can hear them from and they will have lines and I will put them in groups so that they will work together. Okay, well, it sounds, sounds like a very um, relaxed kind of audition Absolutely. rather than a. 100%. Uh, what you imagine of people I at tables have the wine with clipboards. Out, but I might <laughs> provide them with coffee and biscuits. Oh, well, that's I might even think about the wine, thinking well. about it. Why not? <laughs> 
Um, and when uh, so auditions this week yes. when will rehearsals the, the, get going the rehearsals will start um, I should think at the beginning of March and they will be really more um, reading the play backwards and forwards and trying to work out certain things but serious re- rehearsals will start after Easter um, because we've got till June and um, so I'm giving them plenty of time really mm. Uh, So it's the 27th to the 29th of June. Thanks to Adela. Warminster's Carnival has won an award, and I took the opportunity to talk to Carnival Committee Chair Sandra Major. Last year's um, was voted on by the entrance, which is really, really good to us. Mm. Uh, We're definitely doing something for the entrance, in that we were voted on as the best carnival procession out of nine carnivals that are actually in the Wessex circuit. Right. Okay, so th- this is uh this is a big thing because um it, it puts Warminster Carnival very much on the map, doesn't it? It certainly does. Yes. Um so as you said it's it's the entrants that have chosen this. So that they're voting what's the the sort of criteria just the the one they consider to be the best procession? Uh, possibly, you know, looked after um the best procession on the night um parking where they can actually change it's all so all the sort of of logistics and how how easy it is and how enjoyable it is to to be part of um which is fantastic uh, because as we, we always say i always draw attention to this when we have you in it takes so much work to make the carnival happen, doesn't it? It certainly does, yes. A lot of fundraising needs to be done, not only by us as a town, but actually uh-huh. with all the entrants that um, come along on, that you see on the night. So I, I know I know what the answer to this question is going to be, but when when does preparation for a carnival begin? It never stops. It's the day after the, the other yes. one ends, yes. <laughs> Um, so how are preparations going for, for this October? Uh, they're going very, very well, actually. Um, we've got a lot of events already booked in, fundraising events, because obviously we need to raise about ten to £12,000 each year to put on the actual carnival. And that is one thing um, we're quite proud of doing. We actually raise enough so that, I don't know if people are aware, that we have sponsors that do sponsor the classes, but then we give them a little bit more money, according of appearance money, so they can actually get here. Because sometimes it can cost quite a lot to travel. I mean, one lot travels from Blandford. Mm. And, and I guess that helps to keep the, the procession uh, the size that it is. Because I, I think I've seen in the, the press that some of the other towns in, in the local area have really finding uh, it quite difficult with their carnivals at the mm, moment. Yes, they do. Um, some of them, to be fair on the towns, some of the entrants don't come out to a later date or if they are like um, carnival clubs that from Shaftesbury, they like Bridgewater, they decide that they're going to come out at Shaftesbury. That's their first outing. Mm. So, to be fair to some of the ones before that, that's the reason why some of them don't get so many. Um, Now, I know you've got a a fundraising event coming up shortly, haven't you? Um, At Easter. What's planned? We've got our Easter bingo, and that will be held in the Civic Centre. And date for the diary is Thursday the 21st of March, and the 
doors open at 6.30 and eyes down will be at 7.30 and the bar will be open. Ah. <laughs> so anybody can get an alcoholic drink if they wish to. Okay, and uh, prizes, I imagine, will be on offer. Yes, I'm at the moment going shopping for the prizes. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic, and and all the proceeds to the, to help the carnival happen in October. Certainly. Now, let me see if I've remembered the twenty sixth, the twenty sixth of October. Yes, <laughs> the last Saturday, uh, and we can expect all the usual excitement this year. Hopefully, yes, but no rain. No, no rain. <laughs> Now, we always end these podcasts with uh, a little bit of fun. Barry joins me now in the studio. Right, are you ready to do a mountainous quiz? Oh, yes. Heap it on me. Did did you see what I did there? Yeah. Mountainous. Yes, yes. Mountainous quiz. Heap, heap it on me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. I didn't get that at all. No, of course you didn't. No. No. Too subtle for you. Oh, shall I get that? Maybe it's Mountain Rescue. Hello? Quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all for watching me and my little show here tonight. Quiz Family Robinson this week secured 70%. Oh, they did well. Was the dog there as well? I don't think she was much help. Really? Not this time. No, oh, okay. I think there was sleeping going on. Oh, sleeping going on. Yes, oh, right, and okay. also from the dog. Also from the dog. Okay, right. Uh, are you ready for your first question? What is my first question? Cold Mountain is a novel by which author? Charles Fraser, Frank McCourt, or Dennis Lehane? <laughs> I was thinking, ah, this sounds like Frederick Forsyth. And you didn't mention his name. No, well, that's because he he's n- didn't write it. No. No, Mind you, neither did two of the other names I no, mentioned. No, okay. Well, this is going to be a guess. Uh, let me have the names again. Charles Fraser, Frank McCourt, or Dennis Lehane? Uh, Dennis Lehane. It was Charles Fraser. Oh. Naught percent, naught percent. <laughs> Question two. Two. Where in the UK are the Sperrin Mountains? Northern Ireland, Scotland, or Wales? Uh, Northern Ireland. Correct. <laughs> Ten percent, ten percent, ten percent, ten percent. Ha! Are you all right? Do I need to perform a manoeuvre on you? I'm fine. Okay, are you sure? Yes. <coughs> Just a little croaky. Yes, yes, yes. You said you're yes. perfectly fit, but I don't believe it. Who played Jack Twist opposite Heath Ledger in Brokeback Mountain? Uh, was it Ryan Gosling, Jake Gyllenhaal, or Chris Pine? <sighs> I know this. It's okay. It's, don't don't worry, Barry. He's got his head in his hands. <laughs> no, I was scratching my brow. Actually. Oh, were you? Right. Okay. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. That's correct. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. The Peak District National Park is mainly in what county? Nottinghamshire, Leicestershire, or Derbyshire? Uh. Nottinghamshire. It's Derbyshire. Oh. What was Lord Snowden's Christian name? Lord. Adrian, (laughs) Alexander, or Anthony? Uh, Anthony. That's correct. 30%, 30 30%, 30%, 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%
Well, Cold yes. Mountain was a book question, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't really a... <sighs> Go on. Mount Ararat, not Arafat, Ararat... Yes. ...is in what country? Israel, Jordan or Turkey? Uh, Israel. No, I said it's not Arafat. No, it's Turkey. Mount Arafat is Arafat. in Israel. Mount Ararat is in Turkey. That was my Turkey impression. And I didn't want you to get confused between the two, so I specifically made the... Th- I see. Well, I, I got confused. Every January, the World Economic Forum is held in which Swiss mountain resort? Is it Davos, Saint-Saint-Moritz, or Verbier? Uh, Davos. Correct. 40%, 40 40%, 40%, 40%. 40%. That's where they plot to bring down Doctor Who, isn't it? Yeah, something like that, yes. <laughs> Every yes. year. Uh, question eight. Who played Ada Shelby? Now, this is so tenuous, this question, by the way. Well, they all are. No, this is so tenuous. This is off the scale of ten- tenuousity. Oh, I see. That's not a word, is no, it? No, it isn't. Who played Ada Shelby in Peaky Blinders? <laughs> Peak being a mountain. Peak, Peaky Blinders. And starred as the lead in After the Flood this month on ITV. Was it Carrie Mulligan, Sophie Rundle or Jenna Coleman? Uh, Sophie Rundle. That's correct. 50%, 50%, Mountain High was a hit for Ike and Tina Turner in what year? 1963, 1966 or 1969? Uh, 69. It's 66. Oh, darn. And finally... Finally. The summit of Mont Blanc... Mont Blanc? ...is in which country? France, Italy or Switzerland? Switzerland. It's France. Oh. The you reason- thought you went in there with such confidence. confidence. Well, the thing That's is, up. you see, I, I stood on a hillock in Switzerland and right in front of me is Mont Blanc. But, of course, the thing is, there are three borders that cross that particular. Yes. It's Italy, France and um, Switzerland. High on a hillock was a lonely Barry. Yes. Your delay, your delay, your delay. Yeah. <laughs> I have played a I have played an alpine horn aimed at the Matterhorn, but it didn't matter. Well, no, the horn didn't matter. Horn. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, is that it? Am I done? I think you are. Okay. Uh, Oh, and now, um, what did I score? What did you score? I lost track. So did I. Was it fifty or sixty? I I I don't know. Let's say sixty, shall we? Well, that brings us pretty much to the end of this week's episode. If you want to get in touch, email andrew.robinson at wcrfm.org.uk. You can call 01985 846 111. We'd love to hear your views on the news and we want your ideas. For more local news and information, I host Community Chest on Warminster Community Radio each Saturday morning from 9am until 12 noon. Details of all our programmes can be found online at wcrfm.org.uk. Listen in Warminster and the surrounding area on 105.5. That's it around Warminster. Thanks for listening.